do you know who we have to contend with once more this week? Oh, boy, tell me. Danny Elfman. <laughs> oh, my God. Listen, some real mastery right here. Yeah, it's it's good. You know how I love me a film score. But you, you, know, what, you know what we also have to contend with? The fact that this movie is mixed so poorly. <laughs> the music's so loud. The music is as loud or in some parts louder than the dialogue. <laughs> and I'm like, he did what? Oh, my God. We found what where? It's the stuff of nightmares for me. Tim. <laughs> Danny. Y'all usually good at this. Welcome back to Kicking and Streaming, where you must never move the body. Why not? Because I'm Carrie. I'm Ross. <laughs> and this week we are covering the 1999 Tim Burton spooky feature, Sleepy Hollow. Ugh, why isn't it just called The Legend of Sleepy Hollow? Because it's not the same story Tim, and you know it. That sounds nice. Tim Burton's The Legend of Sleepy Hollow? <laughs> like, for, for starters. You're right, it's too much, isn't it? It's, it, too, it's too much to write out, it's too much to bill, you know. It doesn't look very good on a marquee. But you know what? It's fried. And I can't. I cannot wait to rip this apart right now. Oh my god, <laughs> you are on fire already. <laughs> We've done a Tim Burton every year, haven't we? Yeah, we sure have. Is, is there something that, to be said about that? <laughs> Before we get started, don't forget, go follow us on Twitter at Kick and Stream. K-I-C-K-N-S-T-R-E-A-M. You can write the show at kickingandstreamingpodcast at gmail.com. That's with an and, not an ampersand. And don't forget, folks, please be practicing the three R's. Rate, review, retweet. Rate, review, retweet, folks. We want everyone to come and join our little watch parties. Guys, Halloween's at the end of the week. Let us know what you're watching. Let us know what you're binging. I think I'm going to re-traumatize myself with Hill House all over again. You know what? That could be good. That that could be good. Some good spoopy viewing. Also some wrenching viewing. Oh like, my god. So good. So good. So wildly undervalued. Like, this is also a big, a big one for us, isn't it? Guys, this is our 100th episode. We understand that the numbers are higher than that on our episode catalog. My but, bad. But like, <laughs> my we, bad. But this is the 100th film coverage we've done. Yeah, or 100th full episode. Exactly. Because I am counting the top female performances episode in there. So this is a great milestone to reach for both of us. I, I know we're not as far along as we'd like to be, but you know what? We're going to get there. We are going to get We're there. We're going to get there. We're going to make this country love us. <laughs> oh, <God>. Come <laughs> hell or high water. <laughs> Sit down and watch movies with us. I am Constable Ichabod Crane, sent from New York to investigate murder in Sleepy Hollow. How much of your superiors explained to you? Only that the three were slain in open ground, their heads severed from their bodies. Taken by the headless horseman, taken back to hell. He rode a giant black steed to look at him. Made your blood run cold. Even today, the western woods is a haunted place where brave men will not venture. We have murders in New York without benefit of ghouls and goblins. You're a long way from New York, Constable. The assassin is a man of flesh and blood, and I will discover him. Are you so certain of everything? (laughs) 
there's a bit of a witch in you, Katrina. Why do you say that? Because you've bewitched me. Here he is, Mr. Timothy Burton. Timothy? I don't know. <laughs> what have we done from him before? We've done Corpse Bride. Yes. We did that for Spoopy Time. We also did Big Fish earlier in the year. Yep. And we did The Nightmare Before Christmas. Indeed. So yes, we all know and love the Tim Burton. He's a big part of all of our childhoods. But you know, some things... Listen, I've never read the story. I've read the synopsis of the story, The Legend of Sleepy Hollow. It's a Washington Irving tale from 1790, whatever the hell. No, from 1819. Sure. That's when it was published. Good. Good for you. Good for you knowing more about that than I would have. Well, I had to read it in English class. I don't remember which honors English class that was, but we did have to read it. And it is pretty similar. This was made on a $70 million budget, but it made... Math, 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 $137 million. Did you guys hear that? <laughs> Did you guys hear the math happening? Please don't include that. You're gonna. I know you are. <laughs> the way you went off mic. Math, 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 math. <laughs> I was trying like, to do math. <laughs> I have a community college education. Okay. <laughs> oh my God. Okay, continue. I'm so sorry. Folks, you might have guessed it, but we have names, and what an array of names we have today. We'd like to thank Tim Burton for this for this Harry Potter casting call. What in the name of the Lord? Okay, so we gotta try and keep it short this week. Playing our hero Ichabod Crane today, we have Johnny Depp. I think he looks weird out of costume. You do? I think he looks weird in his, uh, his the street version of Johnny Depp. I don't. I don't think I'd approach him. <laughs> He looks too normal for he you. He just kind of looks... Not, did I say normal? <laughs> he looks shifty. Okay, <laughs> Like, <laughs> all right, fine. <laughs> oh, my God. Like, are you approaching him in a bar? <laughs> no, you're not. <laughs> Look at him. He's always grumpy. I'd be grumpy, too, if I had been exploited that much my whole career. Oh, my God. But, you know, he's also just... I don't know. I feel like he's a secret prick. <laughs> you know, you... you <laughs> I don't think it's a secret, but okay. <laughs> Just because you change your tattoo to say wino forever doesn't mean didn't want to say Winona. Playing Katrina Van Tassel this week, uh, the lovely love interest to Ichabod Crane, we have Christiana Ricci. Oh, Christiana Ricci. She, she's been with us twice? She's been with us twice now. She was with us when we did Mermaids, <gasps> and she was with us when we did Casper. Oh, my God. When we learned to process death. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. With Casper the Friendly Ghost and Christiana Ricci. <laughs> yes, I remember that, yes. I mean, guys, she's Wednesday Adams. Yes. You know what I mean? Playing Baltus Van Tassel today, we have Michael Gambon. It's Professor Albus Dumbledore from the Harry Potter saga, guys! Yeah, guys, come on. You know him from that, obviously. Well, from three on. Yeah, from three on. R.I.P. Richard Harris. R.I.P. <laughs> Playing Lady Van Tassel today, we have Miranda Richardson. <laughs> it's Rita Skeeter from Harry Potter. <laughs> She's also been with us before, uh, twice. She was Mrs. Twede in the in the Chicken Run. Uh, she also played she also played Madame Gilly in our coverage of the Phantom of the Opera. That's right. Yes, she does so well in period pieces. She's 
She's so attractive. I know. I love her so much. You were gross last week. You can't be gross this week. Oh, because I was gross about Monica Potter. Monica Potter in Saw. <laughs> God. <laughs> Embarrassing. Look at, look at what she does. This is how hot she is. She unties them both. <laughs> Stop. Oh, my God. Playing the young Masmuth. <laughs> This kid who we see literally grow up during the filming of this. You said you were watching it with Hales, and they were like, oh my god, I'm literally watching this child grow up before my eyes. He's a different age in every scene. Sometimes we'll be in a scene where he's talking real high, and then we're in a scene where he's like, I'm the only Masbeth, you know? Like, like, no shame, bud, no shame. This is Mark Pickering. He was in uh, Boardwalk Empire. Oh, Dad likes that show. On HBO? Yes, he does. Playing Reverend Steenwick today, we have Jeffrey Jones, another Halloween dad. Is this... Okay, is this this guy? This guy. Uncle Crenshaw! (laughs) From Stuart Little. Yes, he was Uncle Crenshaw and Stuart Little, and he was also Mr. Dietz. Charles Dietz. In Beetlejuice. He's Charles Dietz in Beetlejuice. And he is also infamously the principal from Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Yes, he is. Absolutely. Like, guys, that's just required viewing. (laughs) Playing Magistrate Phillips, we have Richard Griffiths. Um, he was Uncle Vernon in Harry Potter. <laughs> you know, the only other thing I know Richard Griffiths from, really, besides Harry Potter, is he starred in the Broadway revival of Equus with Daniel Radcliffe. Where, 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 where Daniel Radcliffe with is naked? Yes. Harry, hashtag Harry Potter gets naked? Yes. How weird. I know. He played the psychiatrist ah. who was seeing the patient, who oh. was Daniel Radcliffe, who liked to fuck horses. I, I think you're minimizing there, but yes. <laughs> yeah. Yes, that's what's happening. Oh my God. Playing Dr. Thomas Lancaster, it's Ian McDiarmid. Guys, it's fucking Emperor Palpatine <laughs> from Star Wars. <laughs> Does it get more famous than this? Like globally famous and recognizable actors. I am the Senate. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Playing notary Hardenbrook, we have Michael Goff. He's been with us before. Yep. He was with he was out there good nicked when we did Corpse Pride. And he is also instantly recognizable from the 90s Batman movies. He's Alfred. Yes. Oh, my goodness. When you first showed me that, when we rewatched that Tim Burton Batman, because I hadn't seen it since I was little, Uh I was like, this this is wild and unsettling, but I'm still satisfied. Uh That's the thing about Tim Burton. You're you're (laughs) bewildered and unsettled, but still somehow satisfied. Some honorable mentions this week. Okay. <laughs> you don't think he belongs here? I think he gets top billing. Even though he, his... he disappears before the credits? Yes! Yes, all right, go on. <laughs> his screen time is over before his name comes up in the credits. Guys, Christopher Lee is back. Count Dooku from Star Wars? <laughs> Saruman from Lord of the Rings? <laughs> All the major fantasy actors are here, yo. And we also have Martin Landau. He was in North by Northwest with Cary Grant. Alfred Hitchcock. Yeah, and you might also recognize him from another Tim Burton movie. Which is? Ed Wood. He plays Bella Lugosi. Oh, yeah, that's right. And we would never forget. <laughs> Although I wish I could. <laughs> Hashtag never forget. Uh, Guys, welcome back to Kicking and Streaming, Mr. Christopher Walken. No, I'm picking up the welcome, Matt. Fuck him. <laughs> <laughs>
He was with us when we did Airspray. He was Wilbur. He was Mr. Turnblad. And today he will have no lines. Isn't that great? It is. I oh, It's so disconcerting when he shows up. Uh, Guys, he's the Headless Horseman. Yeah. He's the a living version of the Headless Horseman. It's, he's the Hessian. It's disturbing. Like, every time he shows up, I'm like, he's just, that's why, you know that's why they picked him. Because he's got a Tim Burton face. <laughs> he was also in Batman. He was in the Tim Burton Batman. He uses him too. Oh my Tim god. Tim Burton took when Tim Burton saw him for the first time, he went, Ooh, he looks fucking weird. <laughs> oh, he's going in all my movies. And he was right. <laughs> Real quick, I just want to make sure we've got all our facts straight from our characters here. We've got Edward Scissorhands. We've got Wednesday Adams. We've got Madame Giri. We've got Professor Dumbledore, we've got Emperor Palpatine, <laughs> Saruman, we've got Alfred from Batman. <laughs> we've got a lot going on here. Yeah. The talent here is immense. It's just a little poorly written. <laughs> and we will get back to that. <laughs> we need to, okay. You ready to lose our heads over this content? And <laughs> 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 see, you say you don't like it when I do that. <laughs> Like, aren't you immediately nervous? Yeah, I am anxious. Like, the, the whole shots of the wax seal being poured and the music vamping, I'm like, oh, God, what's going on? Why is this so, why is this making me so nervous? I wrote, not a marriage, Aww. not a will, not signing it. Yeah. <laughs> Like, this this opening sequence is very artful. Yes, like you said, we we're talking about the Van Garretts here, right? Yeah, Peter Van Garrett is getting all of his important documents, and he and his son Dirk are getting the fuck out of town. Yeah. They are leaving Sleepy Hollow. They are running from something. And, like, they're driving along. Everything's fine. Well, not everything's not fine. There's a thunderstorm outside, and everything's really creepy. It is absolutely ominous. Those black skies and the thunder and... The horse is whinnying. I'm just like, ooh, spooky. And then corn. All of a sudden, he pokes his head out the window, and his son, who was driving the carriage, is just headless. He's just headless. It's just gone. Oh, my God. Ah, ah, ah. He literally rolls out of the carriage and runs into the corn. And, like, he comes face to face with this scarecrow that's got the pumpkin head, that iconic image. This is absolutely terrifying. And then, you know, you hit the horse whinny, always, or the horse breathing. I'm like, oh, God, imminent death. (laughs) Oh, my God. And you guessed it, folks. He gets decapitated. You see his head separate for a split second. I'm like, (laughs) ah. And then the great shot of the blood spray. Splattering on the jack-o'-lantern uh, scarecrow. Oh, it's great. On the pumpkin head. So this is New York. 1799. Yeah, and we are now in Manhattan. So here's the thing about New York in 1799, folks. Listen, guess who founded New York? The Dutch. (laughs) I did not know that. Not even the English. We captured it from the Dutch, or it was sold to us. I don't know. We just said, Netherlands, get the hell out. Aww. And so that's why you see in this part of the world the Dutch culture going so hard. Oh, like all the windmills. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. 
<laughs> yes, sure. Like literally, the Van Garrett seal is of a windmill. And also the name Van Garrett, very Dutch. You know, like whenever you see Van, like uh, whenever you come across, it's like the Mick. Oh, you know, we have Mick. Yeah, they have Van. <laughs> <laughs> the Scottish have Mick and the Dutch have Van. It means of. Oh, okay. Or the French have, you know, La. Oh, all right. Or all the right. Italians. Mr. Latieri. <laughs> Sonny of Latieri. You know? Okay, gotcha, gotcha. Uh, Ross of Michael. <laughs> Carrie Ann of Michael. That's so weird. Yeah. By the time the, you know, century was going to turn, you know, the Dutch culture was still very prominent in the United States in that area. And I do, because, you know, Washington Irving, obviously, is from that part of the world. And so this whole, you know, lovely, you know, colonial setting, well... I say lovely. <laughs> fuck colonists, but yeah. fuck colonizers, but you know. So Constable Ichabod Crane is ringing a bell. He's saying, lend a hand. Help here. Lend a hand here. Anyone. Constable Crane. Ichabod Crane, is that you? None other. Not only me. I found something, which was lately a, a man. Constable Crane, eh? Wasn't he a teacher in the story? Yeah, I don't know why he's a cop. Well, I, I mean, don't know why, he, but he's he's like a cop slash scientist slash I don't know slash head case. Yeah, like bless his soul. I mean, I love him, but I also hate him for a lot of this. He just plays the nervous fuck that Johnny Depp plays sometimes. Yeah, you know. But despite his nervousness, Ichabod is a pretty progressive fellow for the 18th century, mm-hmm. which it is still technically the 18th century. Yes, like which in those days that just meant believing in science. Like, he's not cool with the way their society has failed to advance, not only in their forensic procedures, but also by the way of criminal justice. He's also got hella religious trauma. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> We're going to unpack that later, but it does bear saying. They haul that body into the... Where are they even? It looks like he's in a prison. Yeah, no, they're in the jailhouse. And like they, they haul that body in and set it down, and the, <laughs> the guy at the post is just like... Burn it. Yes, sir. Just a moment, if I may. We do not yet know the cause of death. When you find them in the river, cause of death is drowning. Possibly so, if there is water in the lungs. But by pathology, we might be able to determine whether or not he was dead before he went into the river. I will need to examine the body. Cut him off. Are we heathens? I just think it's amazing that Crane doubles as investigator and coroner? Like, what's going on? I mean, hey, some t- education was few and far between in those days. Like, sometimes the most educated had to do multiple jobs. <laughs> Crane's like, hey, we should examine this. I could actually maybe find out a little bit more about the crime. Yeah, no, we're not interested. Uh, we can't even get cops today to do that much. Right. You know, like, let him do it. Nothing's but, changed. But they're like, no. Mm. When they're in court and he's arguing with his honor, Christopher Lee. Stand down! I stand up. For sense and justice, our jails overflow with men and women convicted on confessions worth no more than this one. Constable Crane, this is a song that we have heard from you more than once. They're all sick of Ichabod. They they are sickabod. They cannot stop. (laughs) We are sickabod of Ichabod Crane. Yeah, Judge Dooku is like, listen, shut the fuck. I hate this. I think that Christopher Lee likes doing Tim Burton. I think he likes it a lot. Like, this is Dracula. 
Uh-huh. This is Dr. Saxton. Uh-huh. It's fucking Saruman, you know? And you know what? It's all theater to him. You're right. You're right. He's like, I don't care how silly it is. I'm going to do it. So he's telling him all about all this, you know, science, blah, blah, blah. And you're being very regressive. And I need to be able to do my job. And- they, they are literally about to send him out to look for a snipe just to get rid of him. <laughs> he's. Uh, this reminds me of Bugs Life. Yeah. When they get rid of Flick. Yeah, it sure does. <laughs> it's like, it's they, almost the same exact situation. They start telling him about this town in upstate New York. There is a town upstate, two days' journey to the north in the Hudson Highlands. It is a place called Sleepy Hollow. Three persons have been murdered there, all within a fortnight. Each one found with the head lopped off. Lopped off? Clean as dandelion heads, apparently. So Judge Christopher Lee tells him to put his money where his mouth is and get his ass up there and figure out what's going on. Get the fuck out of here. You are annoying me to death. (laughs) We are sick of bod. Fun fact about our setting here today. In Mad Men, when him and Betty are first married at the beginning of the series. And they go to Terrytown. Yeah, that's Sleepy Hollow. Yeah, I know. They lived in Ossining, which is just north of where Sleepy Hollow actually is Yeah, it's crazy. I love how many times I've misspelled his name or his title. <laughs> like earlier, it was Constance Ichabod Crane, and now I've written, it is you, Inchabod Crane, <laughs> who is now put to the test. Inchabod Crane! Christopher Lee always has those ominous moments. Remember, it is you, Ichabod Crane is now put to the test. That's a moment that's just making Tim Burton hard. Oh, no, yeah. Like, he, he just wants to hear Christopher Lee say something really ominous to the main character. If I die and I go to hell or some version of hell, I fully expect that to be the voice of the gatekeeper when I get there. <laughs> Roll opening credits. And up the Hudson River we go. A dark time and a dark place. That far in a carriage... Can you imagine? You know that's like... (laughs) My ass would be chapped. That's at least like a day and a half. Just sitting. To go from Manhattan to Sleepy Hollow in a carriage. Not even laying down. I know. How do you just... How do you sleep sitting up like that going, rocking back and forth? This whole Danny Elfman overture is amazing. Oh no, oh my god. Okay, so when his carriage is approaching Sleepy Hollow, the the shot changes and the music comes to a crescendo. Uh Uh-huh. And the title card says, Music by Danny Elfman. Right, right. It's like, God. They saved him for the crescendo. I love it. <laughs> like, we can hear it. We get it. My first note is, this town is dismal. Ain't nobody out here. It looks like Silent Hill. <laughs> yeah, for real. <laughs> it looks like you just came to Silent Hill. Like, everything's foggy. Everything has a blue filter on it. Like, it's a cute little Dutch farming community, you know? Yeah, it's just that someone's out there chopping heads. Like, everybody is closing their windows, being suspicious of their neighbors. Two families own everything in Sleepy Hollow. Tell me about it. Van Garretts and the Van Tassels. Oh, Van Garretts from the beginning with the windmills. Van Garretts and Van Tassels have been intertwined either through marriage or whatever since Sleepy Hollow was settled. They are the 1%. Van Tassel, since the Van Garretts are dead, uh, Van Tassel, Baltus is his name, he's basically the town's chief citizen, whatever you want to call it. Like, there's no (laughs) official, it's a village, there's no official mayor, so he, like, he's the landlord, though. He collects everyone's money and owns everybody. Yeah, so he's basically the leader. 
And all, he's, you know, he's got the biggest house. I love the Van Tassel house. Oh, gross. Looks real spoopy. I love when he gets up to the actual Van Tassel house. There's just two people macking real hard on the front porch. <laughs> We're interrupting a party. Yeah, no, he goes in. It's a whole ass party. You know, we have, you know, this circle of people going around in a circle, this group of guys and this woman is in the middle of it going, Pickety Witch, the Pickety Witch, who's going to kiss the Pickety Witch? And I'm like, it's not me. She's blindfolded. And I'm like, she find, and I'm he, like, this is a weird game. He tries to cut by the Pickety Witch circle and he gets tagged by this woman. Witch, the Pickety Witch. Who's got a kiss for the Pickety Witch? Is it Theodore? No, pardon me, I am only a stranger. Then have a kiss on account. The thing about her performance in this movie, she sounds like a robot. You think so? She kind of sounds like an AI. The delivery of all her dialogue is so just like a single tone. You know what I mean? I think it's an attempt to be deliberate and to sound educated and well-spoken because she is of like, it's not nobility, but she's Oh no, we'll get back to this. She's a witch. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh no, no, no. I wasn't even talking about the whole witch thing. But anyway. This is Katrina Van Tassel. This is Baltus Van Tassel's daughter. So you might say the most eligible lady in the village. Uh huh. She's got this dumb boyfriend named Brom, who Casper Van Dien or whatever his name is. Yeah, I, I literally, I've never heard of him ever. He's a face, you he's, know. Aww. He's a face in this. That's you know? so mean. He's Brom. Yeah. yeah. And then who comes running down the stairs? Baltus Van Tassel himself. This queen, Alice Dumbledore, like I'm here. I'm here. I'm having a party. Isn't it great? Come, come. We'd have no raised voices. It is only to raise spirits during this dark time that I and my dear wife are giving this little party. Young sir, you are most welcome, even if you are selling something. Thank you, sir. I am Constable Ichabod Crane, sent to you from New York to investigate murder in Sleepy Hollow. Then Sleepy Hollow is grateful to you, Constable Crane. And he is flanked by the Lady Van Tassel, who is actually Katrina's stepmother. Yes. Not her mother. And Ichabod introduces himself, why he's there, and the Van Tussels, oh my god, I wrote Von Tussel. As in, come on you Van Tussel, shake your fanny fanny muscles. muscles. (laughs) Yeah, I'm so sorry. Anyway, the Van Van Tussels offer their house. Van (laughs) Tassels. The Van Tassels offer their house to him while he investigates the crime. Sure. And oh my God, Ichabod goes to meet with the town elders. So yeah, we've got the minister, Reverend Steenwick, the physician, Dr. Lancaster, the magistrate, Samuel Phillips, and the notary. Mr. Hardenbrook. Yeah, this is this is just everybody who's got a super important job in this teeny community, they're all in this room. He starts explaining his whole understanding of the of the bad business, right? Yes. We've got three persons murdered. We've got Peter Van Garrett, previously the town's chief elder, and his son, Dirk Van Garrett. The third is the widow Winship. Emily Winship. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hmm. And he asks, he asks the elders. If anybody is suspected of these murders and like the magistrate literally chokes on his tea (laughs) and everybody's like, sweetheart, honey, (laughs) we've got tea to spill, but we don't think you're going to like the taste. You know, I love I love that. This is the first time I noted the music track is going so hard. The music in this movie is unnecessarily loud. Like, so sorry if we're giving you audio and it's not mixed well. I apologize, but, like, we can only do so much. How much of your superiors explained to you, Constable? Only 
that the three were slain in open ground, their heads found severed from their bodies. Mm. Their heads were not found severed. Their heads were not found at all. So yeah, this is the friggin' Legend of Sleepy Hollow. This is about the Hessian mercenary paid to come and fight for the British in the American Revolutionary War some 20 years before the events of this. And yes, he is taken down, murdered, his head chopped off with his own sword, and uh, buried in a um, uh, very spooky grave somewhere in the middle of the (laughs) western woods. I mean, hey, I'm not sad about it. He was a monster. Yeah, he wrote, a, when he talks about Daredevil and sharpening his teeth down to points. The horse named Daredevil. He rode a giant black steed named Daredevil. He was infamous for riding his horse hard into battle, chopping off heads at full gallop. He'd filed his teeth down to sharp points to add to the ferocity of his appearance. It's just, ugh. He looks so fucking weird. It is the stuff of nightmares. Christopher Walken looks so fucking weird. And you're right. The Hessian gets separated from his company, and he's cornered by these American Continentals, and he's hiding from them in the woods. And he encounters these two perfect-looking blonde little girls in the woods who are gathering firewood. He puts his finger to his lips to be like, shh. just breaks a twig really loudly like you evil little chick no it's she might as well have looked at him and gone fuck you snap and then they plant his body in the ground that is actually the hollow of sleepy hollow (laughs) yes and then they like stick his sword where he's buried even today the western woods is a haunted place where brave men will not venture for what was planted in the ground that day I love the AHS vibes. This is an American Horror Story vibe. When you have unspeakable acts of evil and malice in places, it triggers a burst of energy that will become a void mouth. That's what I was going to say. I was like, what is that word you're always using to describe like portals to hell? Yes, it's a void mouth. Like Murder House, that's a hell mouth. Wow. The, the, the witches in Coven turned the school into a hell mouth. Yikes. By releasing the Axeman. Like this is an actual void mouth. Like th- this is where spirits can come and go between the dead and the living. Ichabod basically stands up and tells them that they're all superstitious idiots. <laughs> he says, I'm going to get him. I'm going to get him and I'm going to use science to do it. <laughs> the literal next line I have is the sheep and the deer are like, no. <laughs> so like it's nighttime again, right? Yep. And the thing is, before the horseman comes, there's always lightning. And we're just getting these shots of the woods. The sheep and the deer are running out of the woods. They are not having it. So we've got this guy. His name's Jonathan Nesbeth. Senior. And so he sees the horseman coming. The hoofbeats. Oh! We're not allowed to see him yet, right? Yeah. This is a very Miranda Priestly moment for the Headless Horseman. <laughs> we can only hear him and see parts of him, but not the whole deal. 
he literally runs Masbeth down and like it's a long trail through the woods. Mm-hmm. And then literally, you know what I wrote? What? He collects his fucking head. <laughs> Any more comments about my unsuspecting burial place in the woods? I collect your fucking head. <laughs> Oh, it's not funny. He murders him. But, he does, yeah. And, like, he literally cuts his head off and then... The look on Masbeth's decapitated head. Ah, it's horrible. The next morning, they're going to investigate the crime scene. So all the town elders are standing in the middle of the woods around Masbeth's body. And even in daytime, it is bleak out here. <laughs> it's so gray. Yeah, it's like it's 5.30 p.m. in November. It's not subtle. And the thing about Ichabod, even though, you know, he's an investigator and, you know, he has to deal with the dead all the time, he's squeamish. Yeah, he is squeamish. And I'm like, how do you do your job, buddy? And of course, you guessed it, the head is gone. He gets there, Ichabod gets there, and is immediately fussy with them because they moved the body. He goes up to Dr. Lancaster and goes, you have moved the body? I did. You must never move the body. Why not? Because... He starts trying to recreate the crime scene based on the hoof print patterns in the mud. Here's the thing. This is some Sherlock Holmes shit. Because in 1799, I really don't know if they really would have known what to look for. (laughs) Hey, forensics is an old discipline, man. He gets out his little kit. He's a little inventor. Ichabod Crane, he's got all these little devices for his investigations that he created himself. Which, like, a lot of these tools, a lot, especially a lot of these hand tools, look like a lot of nonsense. Yeah, yeah. Like, just something for the Tim Burton of it all. Exactly. But I'm not mad. Th- that little, those specs. Oh, the goggles! The goggles, The goggles yeah. with the million magnifying glasses on them. He pours this powder around the neck wound, and there's a chemical reaction. And he says that this chemical reaction signifies that the wound was carterized at the moment of impact, as as though the blade were white hot. Ah! Yeah. And this is where that big fucking bug crawls out of Masbeth's neck hole! <laughs> oh, it's so gross! Cut to Masbeth's funeral in the tiny little churchyard. Yeah, upsettingly. Yeah, very upsetting. Upsettingly, he's left a young son behind. Little Masbeth is somewhere but ambiguously between the ages of 12 and 15. Yeah, like, yeah. And, like, the guy, the kid that plays him, I think he might have hit puberty during filming because there are just places where his voice is deeper. Because he's older in the first scene. I think he but is. But then when he shows back up, he's kind of little. Yeah. You know, it's like, like he's got more of a baby face. You're young Masbeth. I was young Masbeth, but now the only one. Masbeth at your service. In honor bound to avenge my father. Well, one and only, Masbeth, I I thank you very much, but your mother will need you more than I. My mother is in heaven, sir. She has my father now to care for her. He's alone in the world now, like, fuck! Oh, no, the way that the Reverend just pats him on the back and walks away from the funeral, I'm like, bye, kid! Like, good luck on your own, I guess! You're only a teenager! Whatever! (laughs) Because, I mean, hey, when you you reached 14, you were a man. Basically! Like, I I always tell you about John Adams taking John Quincy Adams with him to France in Uh the middle of a war. (laughs) Yeah! Because he's 14 and he can handle it. Oh, my God! You know, like, you're 14 and in New York and nowhere. You, You can handle it. So, little Masbeth will be with us throughout. This is where the magistrate pulls Ichabod aside and whispers to him on the sly. Something you should know. Jonathan Masbeth was not the fourth victim, but the fifth. The fifth? Aye. Five 
victims in four graves. So I have in all capital letters, we dig everybody back up! <laughs> Let's exhume everyone. No one's happy about it, no, but you uh, know. Supposedly everybody who's had a run-in with this horseman, we're digging them back up. Nobody's got their head. The Widow Winship in particular is uh, striking Ichabod's curiosity. What is different about her body, Ross? She has a sword thrust to her stomach. None of the rest of them do. Seems interesting. Five victims and four graves. There was a fetus. So we roll the Widow Winship into the, uh, the the operation room. In the name of the Galactic Senate, give me your operating table. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Dr. Palpatine is like, <laughs> Dr. You, Palpatine, what are you doing? This is most irregular, Constable. I should hope so, Doctor, but in this case, necessary. You need to operate immediately. Operate? She's dead. When we say operate, we mean, of course, I will need the operating table. This whole scene is just so we can get more shots of him with these goggles on his face. Sweeney! 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 All the blood in this scene is so (laughs) unnecessary. He starts cutting into this woman's corpse, and he gets sprayed with blood. And I just wrote, this would not happen. This would not happen. She's been dead for too long. Like, honestly. And when he comes out of that operating suite... Covered in what looks like bright red, fresh blood. He looks like he's just come from Sweeney Todd rehearsal. I am finished. What in the name of God have you done to her? We are dealing with a madman. What did you find out, Constable? The widow Winship was with child. She was Pergonante. Oh, no. She was Pergonant. So we have a motive, at least for the widow Winship's death. It seems like we've got different motives, but nothing's quite linking up. No. Don't you love it? I do. True crime and horror at the same time. I do. That's the thing. But aren't they one and the same anyway? I mean, hey, (laughs) at least this is fiction. At least this isn't anybody's personal tragedy. Cut to Ichabod riding gunpowder through the village at night. Are we just out for a night ride? Why is he out at this hour? I know it's for the scene. When he's Okay, so he's going across the bridge. The bridge is famous from the story. If you can get across the bridge without the horseman coming after you or whatever it is, do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. And, like, he's riding through the covered bridge on gunpowder, and you can hear the ribbiting of the frogs in the stream underneath the bridge, and it sounds like they're going, Ichabod. <laughs> Mr. Toad, you cut that out. (laughs) Remember Ichabod and Mr. Toad? We took two children's stories and meshed them for whatever reason. Hell, I wouldn't even call Sleepy Hollow a children's story. Those two very weird dynamics, Mr. Toad and Ichabod Crane from Sleepy Hollow. This is where Brom does a terrible thing. Brom, who for whatever reason just has a bee in his bonnet about Ichabod, he does not like him. His girl is making eyes at him. He's frightfully insecure. You know what I mean? Yeah, he's going to be an asshole about it. Like, So he and his buddies get him dressed up like the headless horseman. This scene matches what happens at the end of the story pretty closely. Uh-huh. This whole prank on Ichabod. As the horseman, Brom runs Ichabod down. The music is going off. Yeah, no, Danny, go off, Danny. Go off, Queen. Go, Queen Danny. We love it. <laughs> 
Brom runs him down and throws a lit jack-o'-lantern at him from the horse. I love the shot of it being thrown at him. Because <laughs> it's clearly on a wire. How very 1999 of you. And yeah, he gets blasted in the face with a burning jack-o'-lantern and then just passes out because he faints a lot he in does. this movie. He... I think this is number one. Yeah, he faints five times. <laughs> this is one of five. And then we just kind of get this little dream sequence about this very beautiful woman who might be a witch. <laughs> and we, we are led to believe that the small child in this is, you know, little Ichabod. He's, you know, having a vision of something from his childhood. Yeah, mom was a beautiful little flower child. Dad was a religious tyrant. Not going so well. Like, yeah, when a witch and a cleric get get married, there there's there's a lot of big feelings there. There's a lot of uh, jealousy. And uh, <laughs> jealousy, you say? Well, one only has the power of God and one's a witch. So it's like... <laughs> God. You know, I'd be jealous of my witch wife if I lived in those times. You can do what? <laughs> I pray all day and all night and I can't even make tea correctly. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Let me just say, not at all a justification for what he does to her, though. Oh, oh no, absolutely <laughs> not. No, absolutely not. He rouses, he gets up. He goes and finds Katrina in a spare room in the Van Tassel house. I literally just have all the getting to know you, getting to know all about you. We learn that her mother died from brain cancer when she was younger. And uh, even more weird, uh, we learn that the nurse who tended to her while she was sick is currently married to her father. Yeah, I'm sorry. The energy is off from the get-go there. Oh, it's not good. Like, I wouldn't care for that woman personally, but that's just me. She gives him that little book of charms and spells of hers. And he's like, "Uh uh-oh, I got a past with witches. But, like, she's just, she's an adorable little witchy babe. Yeah, Uh, sure, whatever. I know, I know. You go back and forth with Katrina. No idea what she's doing, but like... I mean, yeah, but also she doesn't have anyone to instruct her. Exactly. They go to visit the ruins of the cottage where her family used to live when they didn't have much. Mm -hmm. And she shows him the neat carving of the archer in the back of the fireplace. Yeah. I used to play by this half as a child. It was my first drawing school. And my mother was my teacher. Carved into the fire back? The archer. I've forgotten it. This scene is really sweet because they're getting to know each other. He shows her that little optical illusion thing he has that his mother used to do for him with the picture of the cardinal on one side and the cage on the other. When they're looking at the actual cardinal that's nearby them on a tree, and I'm like, first of all, this is New York. Second of all, there's one cardinal in New York State. One. It's a little puppet. And when Gavin said, look at that puppet ass bird. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. That broke me. So Ichabod is going to talk to the elders and they are clearly in the middle of a full on argument. We just can't hear it. We're seeing it through the window. Magistrate Phillips says, nah. I'm out. I've had enough. I'm getting out of town. That horseman's not coming for my head. He is getting his shit and leaving. And you know, Ichabod's like, why is he so fucking scared right now? Ichabod is like questioning him, like on the road out of town. (laughs) Magistrate Phillips, you going somewhere? Damn you, Crane. (laughs) He's like, I want to know. How'd you know the widow was pregnant? How you been new about Winship? How did you know the widow Winship was expecting a child? She told me. Then I deduce you are the father. I'm not the father. Did she tell you the name of the child's father? Yes, she did. She came to me for advice as town magistrate to protect the rights of her child. 
I was bound by my oath of office to keep the secret, but... You believe the father killed her? The horseman killed her. And so, like, it's just, it becomes a whole question of, okay, now who knows what and what are they hiding? Yeah. And, like, I, the next thing I have is when the sheep start running, you know, danger's coming. When the sheep start running and they don't stop coming and they don't stop coming. <laughs> the sheep start going crazy and the thunder starts going and you can hear the hoofbeats. I love the look in Phillips's eyes. Oh, my God. Within two breaths, he's got Magistrate Phillips decapitated, and he's already collected the head. The gas, the... (gasps) Oh, oh! He never exhaled. Oh, God! He drew in breath and never exhaled, Ah! and he cut his head right off. And when it lands in between Ichabod's legs on the ground... (laughs) Oh, my God! And yeah, and then the the horseman comes riding up on Ichabod, but stabs the head in between his crotch. He just kebabs that head and heads back off for the woods. And we have fainting number two. (laughs) (laughs) Cut to Ichabod having a crisis. (laughs) Baltus is trying to break down the door to his, where he's living in the attic of his house. And he's like, has he not been out at all? <laughs> and they go in. It's him and Mary and Katrina. And he's all up in the corner of his room in his bed with like the covers underneath his chin. It was a headless horseman. You must not excite yourself. But it was a headless horseman. Of course it was. That's why you're here. No, you must believe me. It was a horseman, a dead one. Headless. I know, I know. You don't know because you were not there. It's all true. Well, of course it is. I told you. Everyone told you. <laughs> Listen. <laughs> I do like that little piece of acting. No, you do not know because you were not there. <laughs> I'm always telling people that. Like, no, you think you know what I'm talking about, but no, you didn't see it. And so literally, literally, fainting number three. Like, I, I'm so sorry. We're already at number three? Like, no, I'm so sorry. If you have weak constitutions and you faint easily, I'm not coming for you. I'm coming for his raggedy ass because he's got to get his head around this. So Ichabod snaps back to reality. When he comes out, like, all dressed and ready to go and all the town elders are standing in the street, he's like, okay, I've decided just to get the fuck over it and fight the ghost instead. <laughs> we thought you'd shot your belt. I have faced my fears and come out determined to locate the horseman's grave. In short, to pit myself against a murdering ghost. Who's with me? Me. Who's with me? (laughs) Silence. (laughs) Just young Masmuth. Yeah, Masmuth's the only one who wants to come with him. He's got nothing else to do. So Ichabod and Masbeth are riding through the woods, talking about the players involved. And Masbeth Jr. is telling him that right before the murder... Oh, I just happened to remember this very specific piece of information. Yeah, all, a lot of his lines are like that. <laughs> but there was something that happened one night a week before the murder. An argument upstairs between father and son. And my father was later sent for by Mr. Van Garrett. An argument between father and son... Something about an argument between the Van Garretts and Winship and Masbeth. We're talking about this, and all of a sudden we stumble on a witch's cave. Like, they didn't know this was going to be back here. They're just here to kind of look for clues, and all of a sudden we're at a witch hive. It kind of looks like Coffin Rock from Blair Witch Project. A little bit. Isn't that weird? Yeah. They kind of invite themselves in. Ichabod is literally making Masbeth go first. The child. 
the witch, which looks like the actual corpse bride. Yeah, she really does. Is sitting in front of the fire in a chair being creepy and witchy. People are creepy. Creepy, creepy creeps. <laughs> creeping here, creeping there, creeping everywhere. Like she's, she's, not, she's got her back to them. She's not turning around. Pardon our intrusion, but uh, perhaps you could help us. You from the hollow. Yes, in a way, yes. I should like to say that I... I make no assumptions about your occupation. No, your ways, which, 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 which are nothing to me, whatever you are. She sends Masbeth outside. She, she knows this is going to be too much for him. <laughs> She's like, go child, get the hell out and don't come back in for nothing. I, you don't understand. I'm doing you a favor. <laughs> oh my God. I'm being nice, kid. And so like Ichabod's trying to ask her some questions about what she knows about the horseman. And like, she's not really answering him. She sits him down. She shackles herself to the wall and then starts making a little, uh, I don't even know what she's doing. I don't know. It's kind of horrible. Cutting off a bat's head and squeezing the blood on some powder. And there's like some pink smoke happening. And like, she's, it's like she's trying to call on something. <laughs> I wrote, she shackles herself and starts cooking. Don't move or speak. When the other comes, I will hold him. The other. Silence. He comes now. And this, the way this next part, the way this shit empties my ass. (laughs) Oh no. She like powers down. She goes completely still. Yeah. Puts her head on the table and he's like, why don't you hear me? Leans forward. And then all of a sudden, she rears her ugly head. Her eyes and her tongue come out of her head at Ichabod. You see the warrior bathed in blood, the headless horseman. Follow the Indian trail to where the sun dies. Follow to the tree of the dead. Climb down to the horseman's resting place. I have Jesus followed by just a bunch of gibberish. <laughs> Holy Mary, mother of God. Cut I... to Masbeth sitting on a rock outside and the door flies open <laughs> and Ichabod fast walking. We're leaving right now. <laughs> so he's like, shit, okay, I guess I'll follow the Indian trail to this very spooky tree that supposedly marks the horseman's grave. As they're riding along trying to find the tree, we notice a white rider keeps being elusive somewhere behind them. Oh god, this shit. It's just Katrina. Yeah, like she she noticed that not any of the grown men wanted to go out with him looking for a horseman, so she decided to come along. It's like Katrina. I am now twice the man. Oh, this is just nauseating. You see, I understand it would have been 99, but and maybe she was would have been a little bit older, but I feel like this is the Winona role. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like maybe it was supposed to be Winona, but she said no thanks. Katrina, I might have killed you. Why have you come? Because no one else would go with you. Well, I am now twice the man. It is your white magic. Pardon my intrusion. I think you'd better come and look at this. While they're having their cute, mushy little moment, Masbeth's like, I'm so sorry to cockblock right now, but you have got to come see this shit. Um, because Masbeth has found the tree of the dead. Oh, this just really dead, gaunt, nasty looking tree. This is what the witch bitch was talking about. Yeah. Hale said to me, they turned to me and looked at me and said, it looks like it's looking back at you. 
I know, right? I know. With the with the hole in the side of it, like it's a face or a mouth or something. You want to talk about this tree's other unique feature? So th- th- this is this is this is the void mouth. This is the point that has been corrupted in time and space and energy and matter to be a void mouth. And the horseman is buried underneath this tree. Yeah. Kind of like in the side of the hill that it's standing on. Yeah. It's got this weird opening. Near, it's, I like to call it a tree pussy. Stop! Some trees have this where oh, no. they have like a little hollow there at the bottom. <laughs> Stop! Yeah, and sorry. <laughs> Not tree vaginas. There's all these tree roots overgrown at the bottom part of this tree. And they're moving a little bit. Ichabod takes an axe and starts chopping where those roots are overgrown. And here we have blood for no reason. Oh, more blood for no reason. <laughs> this tree bleeds. They, when they had their first production meeting for this, they were like, okay, we need to get Johnny Depp as bloody as possible. For no reason. And as many scenes as possible. <laughs> We really need the ladies to be oogling and goggling over bloody Johnny Depp. Oh, boy. He peels back the bark and finds the hole with all the heads in it. What is it? Just stay where you are. Don't move. missing heads. Yeah, no, like, literally, you can see Phillips's head in there, you can see ah! Van Garrett's head in there, and I'm like, this this is where the horseman comes. He's, he's This is where he's stashing all the heads. Like a squirrel! Yeah, he's a pack rat, <laughs> he but takes, with heads. He takes the heads back to the tree and puts them in his little hidey hole. So Ichabod climbs up on the hill that's around this twisted-ass dead tree, and he finds the sword stuck in the ground. It's like the horseman's headstone. Yeah, and so he's like, give me shovel! And they dig all the way and they find the horseman's skeleton, no head. The skull is gone, taken. That is why the horseman returns from the grave to take heads to his own is restored to him. Then the ground starts shaking, vines wrap around the skeleton of the horseman, and the tree starts to open up. Spewed from the tree is the headless horseman. The horseman and daredevil ride out of the tree. It's like the tree gives birth to him. Yeah, it's really awful, but that's the void. That's the void mouth. He is coming from the land of the dead. Ichabod chases him back towards town, and we cut to the home of the Killians, Mr. and Mrs. and Little Thomas. Mrs. Killian is the midwife in Sleepy Hollow. Like, if you're going to have a baby, you got to go see Mrs. Killian. And this is the beautiful little ginger family that some of us have come to love at this point in the movie. I like to call this part Killing the Killians. (laughs) I hate it. The horseman busts in. The mom shuts her and Thomas in his bedroom. It's very Voldemort come to kill the Potters. It's very bad. You know. Like, there's a little uh, trap door in his bedroom, and she puts him down there so he can hide from the horseman. Mm -hmm. And, like, the The kid's so cute, too. I know. This is really brutal and really terrifying. Yeah, this is upsetting, guys, so I need you to brace yourselves. (laughs) He, obviously, the horseman drops dad, chops his head off. He breaks into the bedroom. And there's like one of those old timey, it's like a... It's like a carousel with like a candle lit inside of it. Yeah, so the shadows are going around and it's really creepy. And like we see mom's head roll across the floor and her eyes between the slats of the wood. Yeah, he can see her through the floor and I'm like, ah! 
ah, this poor child. Like, guys, we're not supposed to kill kids in movies. But, but he does. He does. He takes that child. He almost leaves, but he goes He goes back for him. A clean child. It is the child. Oh, Remember yeah. from the witches? And like, oh, just... I don't know how he would have smelled him. He's headless. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just count our lucky stars that we didn't have to watch it happen, okay? <laughs> so, yeah, the Killians are dead. And then, of course, Glenn, Ted, and Brom are out on the patrol. Oh, God. I wrote, Brom's trying to be a hero. Wait, he's not off you. I'll get him. Like, Ichabod's trying to help him. He's like, dude, he is a supernatural being. This is not going to work out. You're not going to kill him. Sorry. And so they're running across that covered bridge. And this is just terrifying because they're waiting for him to, like, follow them across the bridge. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, because they turn around and it's silent, but you can hear his footsteps coming through the bridge. But, Uh like, he's not there. It's because he's on top. And he just drops down behind them and stabs Ichabod through the chest. See, here's the thing. It cauterizes it immediately. Yeah. So, so he, at least he's not bleeding. Yeah, he's not bleeding out. <laughs> and, like, Brom, Brom won't let it lie. Brom is determined to die. Like, he, yeah, we get a one more fight sequence on the bridge with Brom, and what do you know? He slices him in half. Oh, he literally gets bisected. <laughs> so gruesome. Yeah, no, no, watching him come apart is never pleasant. Like, do you gasp every time? Yeah, I'm like, (gasps) like, and then I cover my, I pretend cover my eyes, (laughs) and I'm like, like, I don't know what's gonna happen. Oh my god. So he passes out for, like, the fourth time. Uh Uh-huh. And we finally get the horrifying end to this piecemeal flashback about his childhood. Yeah. His father took his mother, whom he believed to be a witch, and ugh, Murdered her. Mur- yes. He S- murdered her. Sorry, I was having trouble finding the words because it's so gruesome. But he didn't just murder her, Ross. He tortured her to death. He's got this whole ass room in the back of the chapel, ironically enough. You know where a sacristy should be? There's a torture chamber there instead. Full of medieval torture devices. This is why he's got a real problem with the way they treat their imprisoned mm-hmm. in, in the almost 19th century. We see these shots of Ichabod entering the torture chamber. He's a little boy. Oh, and his mother's voice. And he's wandering up to that Iron Maiden. And you can see through the port of the Iron Maiden. You can see her eyes. Her eyes. His mother's eyes. Oh, God. And then it opens up. It's like the elevator from The Shining. And then all that blood spills out. Oh, my God. And so he comes to in a, in a shock. And, like, of course, Katrina's right there. Like, <laughs> you remember Katrina, who used to be Brahm's girlfriend? Yeah, and she's sitting there. She's cleaning him up. Forgive me. I speak of kisses, and you've lost your brave man, Brahm. I have shed my tears for Brahm. And yet my heart is not broken. She's like, yeah, translation, I'm really not that broken up about it, to be honest. (laughs) She's like, that's okay. He was dead weight anyway. I'm like, girl. It's almost, she's like, you know what? One less problem, you know? He was kind.
kind of an asshole. He was kind of in the way. He's gone now. In the story, she marries Brom because Ichabod yeah. because Ichabod goes missing in the story. Uh-huh. Like that's just that I I like that change to be honest. Do you think me wicked? No. But perhaps there's a bit of a witch in you, Katrina. Why do you say that? Because you've bewitched me. So we get back to our little investigation. We've got all of our papers with our names on them, right? Yeah. And he's trying to make it like Abby and Gemma in The Keepers. He's trying to make a web here. Yeah, I literally wrote the Charlie Day bulletin board. He's writing down names of people who might be involved in this potential conspiracy to control the horsemen. And what's his working theory? He's trying to follow the money. Who is going to benefit most from this entire thing going sideways? Uh What kind of help would this person need in order to facilitate this conspiracy. And like we said, we have the Van Garretts and the Van Tassels ruling together in harmony, but Van Garretts still more powerful than Van Tassels. So he's thinking Baltus, right? Yeah. Because you have the last minute will which Masba's father was witness to mm-hmm. that was arranged very quickly. Some kind of argument between Van Garrett Jr., Van Garrett Sr., yeah, and Dirk, the widow Winship. Yeah, Dirk Van Garrett was not happy about that will. Widow Winship, who was pregnant when this will was rewritten. Like, w- most of us have it put together by now. You cut off Van Garrett, his son, his only heir, and then you know, whatever's going on with Winship, it all points to who benefits the most, Baltus Fantassel. Because if their estate is gone, he's now the most powerful house in Sleepy Hollow. Yes! I suppose Baltus is the chief citizen, now that old Van Garrett is dead. Yes. The Van Garretts. I'd almost forgotten them. Come with me. Where? To Notary Hardenbrooks. Have you thought of something? Yes. I have. Ichabod and little Masbeth go to Notary Hardenbrook, and they find Masbeth Sr.'s satchel in the notary. Yeah, no. All we had to do was do a little research. All we had to do was go down to the down to the archives and do a little digging. Not even a little digging. The satchel is sitting in plain view <laughs> on the shelf. They don't even have to look very hard. You don't like this part because it's kind of a clumsy exposition dump. When they find Hardenbrook hiding in the cabinet. Like, he literally just crawls out of this cabinet. Like, no, go away, leave me alone, I don't know anything, I'm just an old man. I'm just here to explain the twist. Oh my god, okay, so yeah, Ichabod starts going through all his papers. Van Garrett's seal, broken. Seems Van Garrett made a new will just before he died, naming... You know, Winship? And here, look, a marriage certificate. Uh-huh. Old Van Garrett secretly married the widow and left everything to her and her unborn child. Here's all the evidence. Like the way Masbeth reaches into the satchel and goes, and look, a marriage certificate. (laughs) I'm like, oh my God, the evidence is all right here in this one bag that we're going to find here at the end of the movie. That's fucking convenient. I I know. I know it frustrates you. It's just poorly written. That's it. But like... But I could not give a shit if I wanted to. I'm still having fun. I'm still having fun. You know what I mean? (laughs) This is wild. And it's not done yet. (laughs) And he's able to, you know, just do some speed reading, do some glancing and be like, okay, so Van Garrett married Widow Winship before they both died. 
Because she was carrying his child. Exactly. You're a lech, Peter Van Garrett, uh, but whatever. Dirk Van Garrett, his son, is mad about this. Uh-huh. Because now he has to share his inheritance with this child. And Masbeth was called to bear witness to the signing of the new will, the marriage, everything. So uh, all these people are dead, mind you. Yeah. It is also explained, you know, Dr. Palpatine. Dr. Lancaster attended to the pregnant widow and that Magistrate Phillips got everything done in legalese yeah. concerning the will and that Reverend Steenwick performed the marriage between Van Garrett and the widow Winship. Like all these town elders had a part to play in this. And you can imagine how this still is all pointing to Baltus, how this was all being taken out from under him and he had no say in how this was going to flesh out. Someone who dug in the earth in the western woods and stole the skull, the missing head which must be restored to the horseman before he will return to hell. Someone who stood to gain or lose a fortune. None other than Van Garrett's next of kin, Baltus Van Tassel. When Ichabod returns back to the Van Tassel house, he finds Katrina in his room going through his stuff. Sitting at his desk, rifling through his desk. Katrina, what are you doing in my room? (laughs) Going through your shit. This is where Johnny Depp noticed a gigantic bug after <laughs> Katrina leaves on set. This is just a bug that was crawling through the set. I shit you not. And he jumps up on the stool and he goes, ah, get it. it it's, a, it's a little furry spider. You yeah, know? he's harmless. And it crawls under the bed. Masbeth moves the bed. Someone has drawn the evil eye in pink pastel underneath his bed. The evil eye. It is someone casting spells against you. And I'm like, okay, I think we all know who the little witch bitch is who drew that. Hey, (laughs) but you're right. If she's controlling the horseman, then she gets none of our pity. (laughs) Can you imagine? I didn't even think about that. Yeah. Does he think she's controlling the horseman? I mean, I don't think he would ever say it out loud. I don't know why I wrote down Lord Voldemort. (laughs) Do you have any idea why I would have written down Lord Voldemort? Oh, I know why. Because later that night, Masbeth and Ichabod see this figure in a dark cloak with the hood up. Yes. Leaving the Van Tassel house. And you looked at me when we were watching it and you went, look, there goes Voldemort. He's off to the Forbidden Forest to drink unicorn blood. (laughs) And so obviously, Crane follows this mysterious hooded figure. What he finds is Lady Van Tassel getting busy on the bare ground. With someone in white. Yeah, he thinks Baltus is leaving the house, but it's actually just Lady Van Tassel having sexy time in the woods. <laughs> and like while they're while they're getting hot and heavy, Mary takes out this knife and drags the blade across the palm of her hand uh-huh. and wipes it all over this person's bare back. Yeah, there's blood play. I'm telling you, Tim Burton is into blood play. Which, hey, no kink shaming on this podcast. Helena, girl. Tell us all about it. Stop it right now. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah, you're right. He just kind of has to like slowly back away. I was never here. He comes back to his room to find all of the evidence he's collected about this crime. The will, the marriage certificate, all of his notes. God, everything is gone. Everything that connects Baltus to this fortune, it's all gone. He traces Katrina to the old archer's cottage, right? Yeah. And she is burning all of the evidence in the fireplace. What is she doing? He is not nearly angry enough with her. He gets off his horse and goes, Katrina. You took the evidence and burned it. So that you would not have it to accuse my father. I accuse no one. 
But if there is guilt, I cannot alter it, no matter how much it grieves me. And no spells of yours can alter it either. Your father has the motive. It is he who stands to profit from these murders. If you knew him, you would not have such harsh thoughts about him. You know what I would have been like? Katrina! <laughs> you took the evidence and you burned it! What the fuck is wrong with you? This is kind of what leads to them having a falling out because she doesn't believe her dad's a killer. He can't deny what is in front of him. You cannot witch me out of this. <laughs> we get this scene the next morning. <laughs> Ichabod encounters Lady Van Tassel in the kitchen. You know, Mary's just doing a fry-up, you know, she's just trying to make some food. He can see the hand wound that she gave herself the night before. Mm-hmm. She comes over to him and she's like, what? What, what are you looking at? What, what's your problem? Uh-huh. And like, I know this is not what he says. He's trying to be semi-polite, I guess. <laughs> like, what I expect him to say is, ma'am, I saw you doing blood play while you got yourself eaten out. <laughs> Stop! Which, like, no kink-shaming or anything, but I literally thought you were someone else. And this is where Lady Pentassel... She just whispers, I know you saw me. He's like, what? <laughs> You followed last night, and you must promise not to tell my husband what you saw. Promise me. Town is in ferment. Horror, pattern, and tragedy. Hardenbrook is dead. Oh, no. That harmless old man? Hanged himself in the night. Hanged himself. My God, everybody's dropping like flies. He couldn't take it. He knew bad shit was coming. And this is also where Baltus tells us that there's going to be a run Ichabod out of town meeting tonight at the church. There's going to be an I hate Ichabod meeting tonight. Yeah, there's an anti-Ichabod rally at church tonight. (laughs) They are Sichabod. (laughs) Stop! (laughs) Don't make that joke again. (laughs) They are Sichabod. You're fired. Fired! Oh my god. Oh my god. I hope you're pleased. I am. I am very pleased. They're going to the meeting. Lady Van Tassel is like gathering flowers or roots or something. Flowers for the anti-Ichabod meeting. Yeah, Baltus is like, come on, let's go. We're going to be late for the rally. <laughs> he, he is waiting for her to get up off the ground and the horseman comes riding up real quiet like behind her and she does not hear him. Oh my god. And we just see Baltus's wide-eyed look. Cut to people going to church. <laughs> and Baltus is running up like, the horseman, the horseman's coming! The horseman saved me! Killed her! The horseman killed her stepmother! The music starts playing, y'all. Buckle up, y'all, because this scene is a lot. Big Silent Hill vibes. Yeah. Everyone's clamoring to get inside the church. Baz- Young Masbeth and Ichabod barely make it in. Everybody is freaking out inside. Oh, no, the whole Tam Down is here. The whole Tam Down? Yeah. <laughs> They're cramming themselves into this church because the horsemen can't cross into hollowed ground. Katrina drops to her knees and takes out her little piece of pastel clay, right? Mm-hmm. And starts drawing another symbol in the middle of this church floor. And meanwhile, the elders are starting to turn on each other. Like, no one wants to die for Baltus. Everyone knows that the horseman wants Baltus. And everybody is panicking. Dr. Palpatine starts singing like a canary. <laughs> Enough of died already. 
time to confess our sins. What is it that you know? Your four friends played you false. We were devilishly possessed by one who... Oh my god, Reverend Steenwit can't handle the thought of the the tea getting spilt, grabs that crucifix, that big wooden blocky crucifix off the altar, smashes Dr. Lancaster's head in with it, Baltus reacts by shooting Steenwick in the chest, and then when his wig falls off, you see that long mane of red hair. Lady Van Tassel was getting busy with the Reverend! And I'm like, what? And then... <laughs> and then they're both dead, so it's just Baltus left, and everybody is starting to be like, "Hey, hey, you just killed, you just killed that guy." Yeah, and they're like backing him up to the pulpit. They're advancing on him. He goes all the way up to the top of the altar. Meanwhile, the horseman has been improvising. <laughs> the horseman has taken a post from the fence outside. Yeah, and, spiky post, and tied a piece of rope to it. So now it's like a harpoon. There's a conspiracy here, and I will shake it out! The horseman throws that thing through the church window, and it impales. Baltus right through the center of his chest. And like, it's very visceral. It's a very well done effect. And then the horseman starts riding the other direction, but holding on to the harpoon post. I love this. It's like, I see your hollowed ground and I raise you fishing line. And he yanks, literally yanks Baltus out of the church window and drags his ass all the way across the churchyard, gets his head stuck in the fence, and then beheads him. Poor little Katrina can't take it. She faints right there on the pulpit. I love that she drew an evil eye on the floor of the church, trying to save everybody, trying to cast spells to save everybody. Yes. So to Ichabod, her possession of the chalk leads him to believe that she is the one who's been conjuring the horseman the whole time. Like, he's not going to say that out loud. He's not going to give anybody that impression. And like, he's out on he's out on the stoop with little Masbeth and, and Masbeth's like, you think she did this? Yeah. He's like offended that he thinks she did this. Yeah. You think it was Katrina? don't you? That can never be uttered. A strange sort of witch with a kind and loving heart. How can you think so? I have good reason. Then you are bewitched by reason. I am beaten down by it. I'm beaten down by it. I feel that. I know. I feel that incredibly well. When he says there's there are many masks in the world and none is so dangerous as the mask of virtue. Oh my god! Obviously referring to his wicked evil father. But that's so true, isn't it? It is! Like all the mm. So he gets his shit together and he leaves. He gets in the carriage and he's leaving Sleepy Hollow. He starts leafing through that little book that Katrina gave him with all of the spells and everything in Uh it. And he comes to the page... With the evil eye on it. He recognizes the symbol from under his bed. It's not the evil eye at all. It's an incantation drawn out for spells to protect loved ones. Yeah, she was trying to protect him from the horsemen. She loves him because the book said so. Oh, barf. I can't. And he's like, (laughs) turn the beat around. Oh, no, he's like, turn this motherfucking coach around. (laughs) I have some shit to say. He blows up in that clinic. Both Baltus and Mary's bodies are in there. 
in the caskets ready to go for burial. And he throws the lids off those coffins. He gets Lady Van Tassel's hand and notices that that wound on her hand wound has had no time to heal. No blood flow, no clotting, no healing. When this cut was made, this woman was already dead. Cut to Katrina crying in the parlor. Everyone she loves is dead, or so she thinks. Dear stepdaughter, you look as if you'd seen a ghost. It's Mary, guys. Lady Van Tassel is back from the grave. Can we talk about the outfit for a thousand years? Miranda, the fit. She looks so good. Colleen. And guys, this whole narrative really does boil down to it. It was that evil trifling woman. Oh my God. You know, it, it was the, you know, sick nurse who killed her mother and put herself into the marriage bed. This was all a plot to get Baltus's money. Oh, she's going to tell us the whole sordid tale, isn't she? She ends up dragging the fainted Katrina to the old Van Garrett windmill. Yeah. That we've seen twice in the seal. When she starts summoning the horsemen again. Like, she's like, again, Mary's a witch. And she cuts off some of Katrina's hair and puts it in the fire. Rise up once more, my dark avenger. One more night of beheading. Rise up with your sword. Ahead. Forehead. My unholy horseman. Rise. She brings the skull of the horseman out. Ahead. Far ahead. Oh, it gives me goose pimples. The skull with all the sharpened teeth. Oh, it looks God. so good. She's literally sicking the horseman on Katrina. Lady Van Tassel starts monologuing hard for us, doesn't she? Beep, beep. Beep! Exposition dump! Not quite so easy was to secure my legacy. The widow had to go, of course, at the Circle Masbeth. And then just the other day, that silly midwife, Killian, told me the widow had told her a big secret. And she told me this right in front of her husband. What a goose! <laughs> so, another little job for the horseman. Turns out, folks, that her family name was Archer. The Archer? Yeah, remember the Archer carved into the back of Katrina's childhood fireplace? Yeah, she definitely used to live there. Yeah. Mary used to live there. Here's the thing. Her father died, and her mother was suspected of witchcraft. So everybody wanted to kick them out of their home and force them into poverty. Van Garrett took their home and gave it to the Van Tassels. Yep. She has a whole grudge against the whole Van Garrett Van Tassel clan. The yeah, cuz you know their their father died and then their mother died not too long after that. So these are she, she and her sister had to just survive. Yeah, two little itty bitty girls alone in the woods. Yeah. Does that sound familiar? Yes, it does. Y'all remember the Hessian legend? Yes. When he was running from the Continentals and he came up on those two little girls Mm -hmm. and that one little girl said, fuck you, (laughs) snap. Snap that branch. That was Mary. Oh my God. I saw his death. At that moment, I offered my soul to Satan if he would raise the Hessian from the grave to avenge me. And do y'all remember the witch from the cave in the woods? Yeah. That's Mary's sister. See, 
Here's my thing. In order to make it look like she was dead, like the horseman killed her, because like Katrina's like, no, I don't understand any of this. My father saw you die. And she's like, no, he saw the horseman come up behind me. And then he pissed himself and rode the fuck off. And then she killed the servant girl and gave her matching wounds. Why didn't she just kill her sister and use her sister's body? They were literal twins. (laughs) Why does she use Sarah the servant girl's body... Make a new wound in her hand and everything. You know what, bud? That's a fair question. Miranda Richardson plays the witch. (laughs) I know. It's the same. It's the same actress. Like, what happened? See, it's just poorly written. It's not thought out all the way. You know what I mean? Yes. But lust delivered the Reverend Steenwick into my power. Fear did the same for the notary Hardenbrook and the drunken Phillips. And the doctor's silence I exchanged for my complicity in his fornications with the servant girl, Sarah. She's had blackmail on all of the town elders. Like, she really bodied this shit. Like, it's insane just to hear her describe it. And this is where little Masbeth has been trying to sneak in and get the drop on her. Uh Uh-huh. You killed your own sister. She brought it on herself. By helping you and your master! Just in time to have your head cut off. The horseman comes! And tonight he comes for you! Ichabod and the horsemen all show up, and everybody's like, well, we got nowhere to go but up. Yeah. So they all climb back in through the windmill. When they run into the windmill and she goes, watch your head. I love that. That was totally ad-lib. Amazing. They get to the top of the windmill. Before they climb out of the windmill, Ichabod sets the place on fire. And then they ride the windmill down like a carnival ride. (laughs) (laughs) He's thinking that the horseman's going to burn to death. I've got really bad news. Masmith. Is he dead? That's the problem. He was dead to begin with. Surprise, he's not dead. Burnt down a whole ass windmill for nothing. And like, they get in the carriage and they start driving through the woods and the horseman is on their heels after them. Yeah, this really tense chase sequence through the woods on the woods trail. All of the carriage stunts. It's like this whole action sequence with the headless horseman on top of the carriage and their fight. It's really epic. The The, music is great. They're getting dragged along. All the way to the tree of the dead where this whole business is going to come to a head. Ha! Ha! Come to a head. Stop! <laughs> oh my god, I'm gonna kill you. I didn't do that I'm sorry. Oh my god. You are fired. <laughs> Lady Von Tassel catches up, and then she grabs Katrina by the hair. And there is a struggle for the Hessian skull. Like, literally, it's like it's a ball. They're fighting over it. Give it! Come on, give it here! Bless Masbeth. He knocks Lady Van Tessel out with, like, a branch. Uh Uh-huh. And Ichabod picks up the skull. The Hessian's about to chop (laughs) Katrina's head off. He's literally like, Hey, kid, catch. (laughs) And throws the horseman his own head. Horseman! This infuriates me to death. You think this is unnecessary? This, the horseman, takes his own skull, puts it on his headless body, and his body begins to regrow to this head. (laughs) It's like we're watching the decomposition process in reverse. This doesn't make any sense. (laughs) Why? 
Why? Because this is the phantasm of the Headless Horseman. This is the spirit form of the Hessian. But he The Hessian is in a grave behind the tree. All right. So why is this physical, used-to-be-alive head attaching to this spirit body? I can't believe this is where you're laying down the law. I just, I'm sorry. I can't believe this is where the suspension bridge of disbelief just goes out from under you. I, shut up. I know it's all hokey and weird, but like. I think it's great. It's so freaky and unnecessary. The animation of it growing back to him is really good. It's done really well, even for 1999. So now he looks like Christopher Walken again. (laughs) Well, he looks like Christopher Walken as the Hessian. He gets back up on his horse, picks Lady Van Tessel's unconscious body up and puts her on his horse with him. Like, she's like his bride. Yeah, no, he's like, listen, bitch. You've been fucking with me for way too long. My (laughs) turn. You dug my ass up. This time we're going back to my place. My turn. I'm taking you home. Like she comes to in his arms, staring into his terrifying face. Staring at her all lecherous. I'm not here for it. And the bloody kiss. Oh, yeah. When he basically bites her lips off. then rides full force on spirit daredevil into the tree. The roots open up to receive them and he just drags her to hell with him. Her scream as she disappears. And then her hand still sticking out of the tree. Oh, it's not okay. And it's like twitching. Ah, And I'm like, and then the little You know, like, I hate it. I hate it. And Johnny Depp faints for, like, the fifth time. There we are. That's the last one. He faints. And, like, this movie wraps up very quickly. It peters out. Like, (laughs) (laughs) literally, Katrina, Ichabod, and Masbeth are all going to be their weird little family now. And they're going back to Manhattan to live a nice life. Because she's inherited more money than God. Yeah, she basically owns that county now. But you know what? She's got a banger wardrobe. She do got a banger wardrobe. That staple Tim Burton white and black striped dress. I get it, Tim. We know. You love it. Do you think his whole house is wallpapered in that? Probably. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, probably. Who knows? You'll soon get your bearings, young Masbeth. The Bronx is up, the battery's down, and home is this way. Roll credits. You you could not... (laughs) Listen... I just, it's just, it's so, I don't even have words. (laughs) Here's the thing. You say it's so bad, and it's not that I disagree. How about this? It's not so bad. It's just not so good. (laughs) You know what I mean? It's effective. I still get spooked by this movie even now. You know, the production design is great, and there are really great moments with the music and some of the actors, but like... It's poorly written. I know. You know what I mean? I know. I think it could have... I think... Just the out of the blue reveals and... It needed a couple more turns on the writer's wheel, you think? Yeah. I can't get enough of this story. Normally when there's like a gotcha ending, 
it's not fun for me anymore the second time. That's not really the case with this movie. It's just a fun ride for me. Right. It, it, my little sideswipe jet black banged heart <laughs> just loves this movie. It's good stuff. We talked about it for two hours, so. God, I'm so sweaty. Aren't you? You know, guys, this is just one of those movies that is deep in the backseat of our childhood brains. I just love all the talent. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's a great it's a great talent pool. This is such a cross section of so many things that we enjoy. And it's just we just get a kick out of that. Like look at that guy. Look at that guy up there. He was in he yeah. was in Lord of the Rings. He was in that and then that fucking Wednesday Adams and Edward Scissorhands, like what? And you're just like, what was that cast party like? Exa- right. Like, I, I bet that was amazing. Ms. Ricci, call us. Right? Please. Uh, I have to hear everything. Folks, a very happy Spookoween from all of us here at Sorry Mom Productions and Kicking and Streaming. And a very happy 100th episode from me to you, co-host. Oh, thanks, co-host. I love you. Thank you so much for all the wonderful effort you put into this. I'm so glad that we get to do this together. I am so thankful that we get to do this together. And I'm very thankful that you bear a brunt of the work. Hey, listen. Because it wouldn't be what it what, what it is without you and all of your hard work and effort, and I thank you for that. Hey, without you, this would just be me talking to myself. It, it, isn't that, wouldn't that be sad? <laughs> At least you're funny. <laughs> you're <laughs> funny, too. <laughs> We're both funny. You didn't think I was funny when I came up with Sickabod. There are things that you have to be disciplined for. I'm sorry. <laughs> you know what? I, that's why I fire you very frequently. So, guys, we thought to kick off our triple digits... We would uh, return to some old childhood classics. So, folks, for the month of November, we're going to be piloting through some of our uh, some of our favorite childhood films. And uh, being millennials, uh, one thing that was big when we were uh, children was I don't know. It's this little this little franchise of films, uh, Pixar. <laughs> this little this little studio that just started as nothing. And yeah, then- you might have heard of them. You know, it's like <laughs> you know Disney Pixar, like. <laughs> I really wanted to do cars this month, but I don't think there's going to be room. No, absolutely not. <laughs> we'll do it next year. I said, fine. You want to do a whole month of Pixar? Fine, but we're, we're not, not doing, doing cars. cars. I want to do cars, though. <laughs> we'll save cars for another time. That's a real horror movie. <laughs> All those poor souls. What happened in the universe to trap their souls inside the vehicle they were in at the time? All right, tell the kids at home what we're doing next week. All right, folks. Next week, for our first coverage of November, we will be covering the 1995 Pixar animated feature, Toy Story. The flagship Pixar feature. The one that started it all, baby. Oh, man, we're going all the way back. I have not seen this movie Maybe in 10 years. And now there's five of them. I know. Isn't that wild? It's so insane. So look out for that next week, guys. In the meantime, please go follow us on Twitter at Kick and Stream. K-I-C-K-N-S-T-R-E-A-M. You can write the show at kickingandstreamingpodcast at gmail.com. That's with an and, not an ampersand. And don't forget, folks, please be practicing the three R's. Rate, review, retweet. Rate, review, retweet, folks. We want everyone to come and join our little watch party. 
more quality content coming to you from Kicking and Streaming. Until then, I'm Carrie. I'm Ross. And as always, sorry, Mom. Gothic news, gothic news.